Welcome to Marriage and Money, a conversational podcast about personal financial topics aimed at improving conversations about money in your marriage so you can reach your dreams together. This is a weekly discussion brought to you by a seemingly financially incompatible couple bonded by the legal contract of marriage. My name is David, your favorite saver, and I'm joined by the spender who possibly loves buying homes more than she even loves me, Heather. What? That is not true. I mean, Uh, I do love buying houses, but not more than my love for you. Really? Sometimes you really love buying houses. Can't buy love. (laughs) (laughs) But I feel like you try sometimes when it comes to houses. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. But today we are going to be talking about uh, purchasing houses and and a few things you need to consider when you're doing so. So this should be your sweet spot today, Heather. I know. I'm really excited about this. First, it's a spending topic. Second, it's my most favorite thing to shop for. So I'm really excited. But yeah, I think the reality of it is that most people are probably going to buy a house at some point in their life. Um, and it's for most people, it's also your biggest financial purchase that you're going to make in your lifetime. So this is a kind of a big deal. Yeah, it is a huge decision and it's a huge financial commitment. And so I think it's going to be very important to whenever you're doing a big financial purchase to consider make consider all the things that you need to be taking into account when you're making such a major decision um, so that you, you don't end up doing something that puts you financially at risk. Yeah, we want to make sure that you're equipped with the right tips and tools so that you don't you can, you can really get yourself in trouble and get in a financial mess uh, if you mess this up because yeah. it is a lot of money. Don't don't dig yourself too deep a hole. And I know debt's probably the most common thing you think about is is can I afford to buy this house? But there's more to it than just how much debt am I taking on? Although yeah, that is like, a big, big like the color of it, you know. Oh and, my goodness! Uh, <laughs> oh my goodness! All the fun furnishings you're gonna buy. Those oh, are also boy. very important. <laughs> oh, you see what I'm up against here, people. This this is what I have to deal with in home buying. <laughs> so I think the first thing when you're thinking about okay, you've decided we're ready. It's time. We've done all the analysis, and we did an episode on this on whether you should buy or rent. So go back and check that if you're if you're not sure yet. But we're assuming you know it's the time. It's right. Let's do this, which is super fun. Um, call me first, and I will help you walk because I love doing this <laughs> stuff. No, but um. I think the first decision is to figure out what kind of house do you want to buy. So you got lots of options, right? You got just a regular house. You've got a townhouse. You've got a condo. And then even on all of those, it's like, do I want a fixer-upper? Is this something that I want to like completely remodel? Do I want something that's move-in ready, as they say on the old HGTV network? Or like, do you want brand new? Do you want to buy like have that premium brand new house where the only people that have ever slept and lived here or you're like you know I'm good with a 40 year old house so I think there's a lot of things to think about on what kind of type of house you're looking for yeah and there's price tags that are attached to all oh there are those, obviously <laughs> and so you might you might think you're getting a deal maybe with this fixer-upper but at the same time there are a lot of surprises that oftentimes happen with fixer-uppers where you don't know exactly what you're jumping into until you're several thousand, maybe tens of thousands of dollars in. And uh, so just be prepared for that, that you're you're going to have surprises, even in a new house for that matter. Too. Well, that's what I was going to say. There's risk anytime you buy a house, right? Like uh, we, you, can, you get an inspection. Hopefully you're willing to pay for that inspection. It's kind yes. of pricey, but it's worth it. But even, even in the inspection, you might not realize it or something seems to be working and you move in and boom, 
you know, something breaks or and, it goes and out. And honestly, I would say that we I've probably seen among my friends more issues with brand new homes that where they're the first people living in them rather than homes where maybe they're the, the third or fourth family that's living in them because that's all those all those kinks haven't been worked out yet. They haven't tested out the uh, the drainage yet <laughs> in the home or they they don't necessarily know how the house is going to settle and then walls end up cracking that shouldn't be cracking yet. And so there's all kinds of things you need to worry about even on a brand new home. So uh, yeah. I, yeah, but I think, I think, think the about. important thing here is like first be honest with yourself. And honestly, there none of these options are wrong. There's no. nothing wrong with any of those. Those are all great options, but some of those options may be wrong for you or at least this time in your life. So you know, really think about what what you're looking for, what you need, what you can and can't handle. Um, and just be wise with it. But like I said, it's not wrong to do a fixer-upper. That's no. not a wrong decision, but it may be the wrong decision for you. Just so know just what you're jumping into. Right. Right, right. And, and next, I would say you also want to be considering where you are going to live. Uh, so where is it that you want to live? Is it is it really close to where you want, where you're going to work? And I know maybe travel to work location may not even matter anymore, depending on your employer. They may be very open to flexible. True. Maybe now you're working. looking at states like from an income tax perspective. Exactly, exactly. So maybe it's maybe it's the state, maybe it's the city, maybe maybe you want a little bit more land, maybe you don't want to be anywhere near anybody, and so. Yeah, make sure you weigh out all those options. Obviously, you're probably already thinking about that if you're buying a home. Yeah, I know for us, like a big factor for you, David, was you didn't want to commute. This was pre-COVID, right? So you were like, I do not want a long commute to work. That was really important to you. You were not going to spend hours in the car every day working. So that kind of put a little bit of a radius around where we could look and in the areas where you were willing to live, right? I mean, Today that doesn't matter so much, but yes, that's yeah. correct. When we bought this place, that was a big if- issue for me. Yeah, and so hopefully you and your spouse can get on that same page. Hopefully you're not like the the city mouse and the country mouse trying to figure out where you... <laughs> not that you can't compromise somewhere in the middle, probably a, a suburb outside of the city, but uh, <laughs> yeah, make sure you're on the same page on that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So Heather, there's a, the, the big question, We maybe we even should have started with this, was, is how much can someone afford when they're buying a house? Right, and that is obviously, because like we said in the beginning, right, this is probably the biggest purchase you're going to do in your life. And, and most people don't, unless, you know, you got an inheritance or you won the lottery, you know, most people, which by the way, is an, it's a fun show on HGTV. Oh, I just won the lottery. HGTV Help me and... find a house. Um, good show. I don't remember what it was called, but anyway, um, point is, sorry, back to this question is you're probably going to have to take out some debt, right? So this is, um, uh, most people don't have the cash and can't just like write a check for it. Right. And so, but you the, can save up, you can, you can, you save can. Up for it. But for most people, they're probably going to take on some debt. So you do need to figure out how much you can afford. And the rule of thumb that you hear a lot is that your mortgage payment should not be more than 25% of your income. So you can kind of do the math on that, see how much. But I would just say, you know, be cautious and be conservative here. I you know, Don't listen to your mortgage broker or your bank because... They're going to give you, you're probably going to qualify for a loan for a lot more than you, probably than that 25% of your income. So you need to be really wise here and and safe and and not, um, you know, control it. It's in your power how much you're going to spend, but figure out how much you really can afford and what you should afford. Yeah, they want to put you on the line for as much debt as possible uh, because that's more interest money for them. So, of course, they want you to have a big loan. So- yeah, and, and with that, like, you do have to assess your debt because... 
Um, you know, banks just, well, it feels sometimes like banks just hang out loans, like they're, they're, you know, candy at the bank or literally. Um, but I mean, you do need to kind of look like how much debt do you already have? Do you have a ton of credit card debt? Do you have some car loans? Do you have school debt? Like a lot of people already have gobs of debt before they even go get a mortgage. Maybe they're already, you know, they're already in a, in a position, debt position. And so, you know, that's going to play into how much um, debt you can take out, uh, which you should really just be wise anyway to not take on more debt than you can handle. Um, and so that's just something to think about, right? It is. It is. And I would even argue, and and Heather, you may disagree on this, <laughs> but I would even argue that if you're sitting on credit card debt, if you're sitting on a car loan, really consider, is this the right time now to be taking on a mortgage as well? Because do you really want to have even more debt? Like, take clean up the messes you've already made first before you start taking on more debt. That's that's my thought. But David, that's where people people say a mortgage is good debt. That's what they say. <laughs> that's what they say. If you and yeah, that that's fantastic. If you can if you can make money doing that. Um, it, yeah, but that's know. a good point. I mean, just I, just I know like. like this, this is how banks make yeah, money, right? They make money from loaning you money. And so it's in their interest to get you into debt. And so, you, again, you need to figure out what you want. The, online, we were doing some research, and it, it says that um, debt to income, which is a ratio that shows, like, you add up all your debt and how much of debt is do you have, and then how much income do you have. So in your household, how much money do you make? And if you divide your debt by your income they say that you should not exceed 35% um, of your income should not be debt. Now, I think David is probably having a heart attack over there. He's saying, I am. Holy cow. I am. I'm, I'm not comfortable recommending <laughs> people to take on that much debt. Well, and if you think about it, I mean, okay, so let's say let's say, let's say, say 35% of what you take home is, is debt, right? So let's say you make 100 bucks a month, right? Or let's do 1000 okay? You make 1000 bucks a month. You're paying 25% in taxes, so you're really bringing home 75%. Then you're deducting thirty five for debt. That leaves you forty dollars a month exactly. for everything else. That's and, not <laughs> a lot of money left. Exactly, That's not so, a lot of money at all. So that is a pretty scary number. But yeah, and so I, if you like living that way, I'm not going to tell you to stop. But I'm going to tell like you you're, you're probably wrong. It feels like you're telling. I'm going to tell you you're wrong. <laughs> but you live your own life. You, you, you run your own life into the ground if you want to. <laughs> did, did you point that at me? Am I allowed to run my life no, into the ground? No, because I'm attached to you. You don't have a choice in the matter. I'm, I'm going to control your life a little bit more. Oh, <laughs> so you say you forbid it. But but the, the point is, is that um, banks, at the end of the day, banks don't have your best interest in mind. They have their bottom line in mind. You are the product to a bank. And so you're the product to other investors. And so make sure that... Um, you're looking out for yourself and not trusting your bank to tell you how much you can afford. That's right. kind of the bottom line. Um, and, and you should also be checking your credit. Make sure that if if you are getting a mortgage, you need to have a decent credit score or you're going to get hammered. And we just saw this week in, interest rates got bumped up a bit, or I should say last week. Um, so you know if, if you have a bad credit score, again, you're going to take another hit on this. So um, I have no credit score. <laughs> I know. I think we've talked about credit score in the past, but this is really the time when that's important um, because really what that is is it's it's a, it's kind of your rating for the banks to know how risky you are for them to invest and give you some money, right? And so um, 
you know, you do want to make sure you've got a good score. So you're going to get the best interest rate and, you know, the best banks to, to, to bet on you. Um, so it is important to kind of watch that and, uh, make sure you're, and, and, and that gets better by, you know, paying off your debt, not having debt. Like if you've got credit cards, like pay them off at the end of the month, don't carry debts on them, like making your payments every month. Right. So. Yes, exactly. And, when you are taking out a mortgage, or if you do take out a mortgage, make sure you also have a large down payment to go with it. And when I say large, I'm talking about 20% or above. <laughs> I'm talking a big down payment. And that might give some of you a heart attack. And, and maybe it should give some of you a heart attack. Maybe if you, <laughs> maybe you should second guess or consider, maybe I shouldn't be doing this loan. I remember when I got my first house, I had... 10% is all that I put out of my my pocket and uh, and then I borrowed the other 10% from my dad to give get 20% so that I would avoid the PMI insurance so uh, and I don't know I I wish I would have waited <laughs> oh boy I mean I do think that is a scary number because it's, number. it's like okay I want to buy a $200,000 house right and it's like okay that's a lot of money first of all um, right. And so you're like, okay, if I need 20%, that's $40,000 I got to save up and have and bring to the table. So it's like, wow, that, that, that's that, a lot that, of money. that takes a while for people. Right. And so buying a house isn't something you can just like do overnight. Right. No, like you need to plan not. for it. You need to save for it. Yeah. I mean, but it, it will help you down the road. I remember when I bought my first house, I think the, the sale price, this was back in what, 2003, I think. I think I bought a, my my townhouse for one hundred and sixty three thousand, and I I think I only put five percent. I don't even think I had I came up with ten per twenty ten percent. I think I paid down, only paid five percent down. So I did I did have to pay the the PMI insurance, but I was just like, well, yeah. I'm like, what am I gonna do? Like, I'm twenty five or whatever. I'm you know only making what you know less than way less than a hundred thousand dollars a year. Like, how am I gonna come up with? what 163 that would have been like 30 33,000 like right i'm not that's gonna take me forever you know i was like holy cow and and me i was like i'm not gonna wait like i'm not gonna keep putting money towards rent i'm i'm gonna buy and um probably wasn't the best decision i would agree that i made but and i think you bring up a very good point at that time in in our in your life and in my life i thought that's just the way things were and that's how it had to be and there was no other solution and uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think really that have my eyes open that that longer term picture of oh, I could I could stash some money away and we I could make this happen over time and my salary is going to go up after I work hard. That that didn't really occur to me. Yeah, and I mean, I think if I think back to what I was making like out of college, I mean, that down payment probably would have been like half of my salary, yes, and so it's right. like what? Like I was living. Probably close paycheck to paycheck. I mean, I was investing in my 401k, but I wasn't saving anything above that. So it's like, I don't even know. It would have taken forever. Yeah. I mean, I think I think how I came up with my down payment was like savings from 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 growing up and things too. So it wasn't like I had. But. Right. But at that time, I think I had at least had a very short-term perspective of yes. this is how much I make today. Right. And so therefore, the only way that I can possibly get a house is if is I have this set up. If I yep. buy now and... 
Yeah. Yep. So obviously, if you're going to go get a mortgage, you do have to get pre-approved. And I think that's really important before you start shopping and going out and looking at houses. Like, make sure you do have that approval letter from the bank because you're not going to be able to enter into a contract um, without that approval letter. They just, they they won't even let you enter into it. So, um, and right now with the way the market is, like, I don't know if it still is, but like houses were going like super quick, right? So if you find something and you want, you know, you don't want to lose it and you want it, like, you need to be ready to go. So just make sure, you know, you work with your mortgage broker and you, you get pre-approved and you have that letter. Yeah, good advice. And then, of course, don't overbuy. You've decided how much you can afford and you get out there and it's super tempting. You see a house that's just a little bit nicer for a little more money. Stick to your guns on this because it's so easy for this to get out of control and I know Heather, you're when we look at <laughs> we're looking at homes, you're always like, oh yeah, but but this one, it's just another ten thousand, and look at all this additional stuff you get, and like at some point you got to draw a line. Yeah, this one is so this one's hard for me because I mean when you think of the interest rate on like ten, I know ten thousand dollars is a lot of money, but when you add it on to a two hundred thousand dollar mortgage, it's really not that much additional to your mortgage payment, right? And so it's like really easy to go over and I feel like when we would look at houses like we would talk about a number but I was always looking you that were, was either the, you were using the low end the of low the range end. or like like above it let's just be honest so and then I'd have to come to you and be like look at this and try to sell it but <laughs> and I'd be like well this is above the range we talked about <laughs> the above the high end yeah but it's just it's just it's like perfect. it's just like twenty or thirty percent above the range <laughs> that we talked about. Like thirty percent's not material, is it? Yes, no. it is. Yes, it is. But yeah, you're right. Like try to stick to decide what you're gonna do, and don't even tempt yourself. Just don't even look at houses like that because you you're always gonna find odds are that something that costs more is gonna be better. So don't even put yourself in that situation that you're comparing and looking at things that you can't or shouldn't afford. I should say. Yeah, you're torturing yourself. So once you've once you've hopefully done all these things that we gave you great advice and you find the perfect home and you buy your home, um, it doesn't stop there. Like it's not like okay, done. That that's it. No no other impact to my finances. There's a lot of things that you probably don't even realize when you're getting into the situation. And so, I think the number one advice we would give to any homeowner is to make sure you have an emergency fund. I mean, I know we talk a lot about emergency fund and and we believe in that whether you have a house or not. But I would say, like, do not buy a house unless you have an emergency fund because there will be emergencies. Like, when you own stuff, when you own property, there is going to be stuff that happens. And if you can't afford it, you are just going to get yourself in big trouble. And your emergency fund is on top of your down payment. Don't take your existing emergency fund and use it as a down payment because you will need it after you buy that house probably. There's going to be something that comes up. You know, you're you're going to be updating your but your budget for for maintenance items. You're going to have new tools that you need to buy. You're going to have all these things, lawnmowers, appliances, all these things that that you need to buy. Those aren't emergencies either, and you need to prepare for that as well. You need to be ready. You're going to have new expenses when you buy this house, so you're going to have new expenses. You're going to have money that you need to have in an emergency fund. You're going to have all these things that are that need to happen, and you got to be ready for it. Yeah, I mean, you gotta have money sitting there ready. 
when you move in. If, the, if you're a first time home buyer, there's a lot of new stuff, right? Like, especially if you have a house, you got to buy a lawnmower, maybe a snowblower, you know, yard tools, trimmers, all that. Maybe it didn't come with all the appliances. Um, so there's lots of things. I feel like, you know, we've bought three houses and I feel like every time, you know, obviously we've owned, we, each of us have owned four houses. It's like, you would think like, oh, we have everything. Like we've owned, we've owned all these houses, but I feel like every time we buy a house, there's always stuff. It's like trips to Menards and to Home Depot and to Target. And it's like, oh, well now we've got an extra bathroom and I need another bath mat or, oh, you know, this is this way or, oh, this patio furniture. It just, it feels like there's always Every house we've bought, I felt like there's been new things that we needed. Those first few months are always expensive. <laughs> David has a heart attack. <laughs> always. Always. In addition to, like, the stuff to live, make sure that you get insurance. Like, that should be something, you know, before you buy the house that you make sure you've got insurance and got that quote. But make sure you get the proper insurance, the correct amount, probably an umbrella policy. Just make sure you're covered because, again... Like this could get you in trouble too if something happens to your home or some to someone on your property. So just don't be caught underinsured or uninsured in this area at all. Yes, if you can't and, afford the insurance, and, so you can't afford the house. And these items like insurance should be, should be rolled into your monthly budget. So like what we've done when we buy a new home and we have new insurance rates, we update the amount that we're throwing into. We have a, a separate like insurance account that we throw money into on a on a monthly basis, we update that amount that we're stashing away every month so that when that big insurance bill hits, we can actually pay it <laughs> and it's, yeah. it's not too terribly painful. So make sure your budget, make sure your your savings transfers or automatic savings transfers that you've set up are accurate in order to handle these new costs. Right. So obviously we've talked about a lot of additional expenses than just the mortgage. So you're going to have to revisit your budget. Hopefully you have a budget, even though I don't like budgets. They are a very helpful tool. So hopefully you have a budget, a family budget. So make sure you add in on all these things. So not just the mortgage, but, you know, if the insurance isn't the mortgage, the insurance, like David mentioned, the maintenance, some of these new, like, I think every month we talk through, like, house projects, right? Or, or not, not house projects, but house maintenance. Like, in the spring, oh, we need to put fertilizer down or... Oh, we need to do stuff for the yard or in the autumn. It's, oh, we got to blow out the sprinklers or whatever. I mean, there seems to always be always something. something that is going to come up. So make sure that you build that into your budget and you're planning for it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So those big projects, whether they're necessary items or whether they're things you just want to do, those are also things. There's always that next project that's on the horizon um, that you see coming down the road. And and there needs to be money waiting in the wings for that at a certain point. And so you got to be prepared and have that ready to go. So that'll, so you can, you can hit it. And so there might be, there might be a home improvement. We had to, we had to replace the, the, our stairs, our stairs were getting old, um, uh, out in the backyard. And so we had to stash away money to, in order to be able to fund that. Like, okay, well, it doesn't have to be done this year, but we got to we gotta get to it pretty soon. So we had to stash away money, and then we eventually did it. But it was, yeah, one of those things you got to be planning for. Yeah, I mean, you're always, even if you don't buy a fixer-upper, there's probably projects you're going to want to do. You want to do new paints. I mean, Just like keep our, it up. Right, like our house, good point. Keep it up or even keep it current, right? Like if you buy an outdated house, it's like, to, to David's point, it may not be necessary, but it might be like, well, this is kind of dated and old, and I'm sick of it and things. So... Don't get, this is really hard for me too, because I'm like the type of person who just like wants to do everything and get perfect. And it's like, 
take your time. Just be realistic. Plan for it. Put out the priorities. Like we bought this house four years ago. Now this summer it'll be and. There's a like uh, a place for another bathroom, so like it's it's like whatever. What do you call it? Like unfinished, half, unfinished, but it's like an area the plumbing's in and stuff like that. So roughed in, it's roughed in. So it wouldn't be like adding completely new, but it's not going to be cheap, right? And so like I've been wanting to do that, but here we are four years later. It hasn't been a priority, hasn't been a need. Like we're going to plan for it and we'll figure out the right timing. So just take your time. Don't get caught up in trying to do everything right away. Exactly, and then. Along those same lines, it's so easy when you move into a new place to say, okay, we, I got this new place. I'm all excited to furnish it. I'm going to buy new new couch. I'm going to put in a new table. I'm going to get some new decorations and, and new art to put on the walls. And I'm everything's going to be new and fancy. Yeah, take your time. Ease into it. Don't get caught up in that. Deal with what you have for a while. Yeah, that's really Let hard too, settle. especially when you move into a new place and you know, like I said, maybe you're like, oh, we've got an extra bathroom than we had. And then you go to Target and you're like, ooh, I want this new shower curtain. Or, oh, I just, I literally just bought a new like rug for the outside outside rug or whatever when you enter the house. Like there's always little things, you know, you're shopping or, hey, I'm kind of tired of this. It would be fun. But yeah, I mean, be control, be in control and take your time. Yeah, let's be responsible. Okay, so we want you to continue this conversation with your spouse or significant other. If you own a home, looking back, is there anything you would have done different in the process that you're like, oh, after listening to these very wise individuals, I really (laughs) wish we would have done this. And if you don't own a home, talk about what you need to do to prepare um, or when you think that you will be ready. So Dave. Heather. Same question for us. Obviously, we own a home. So looking back, is there something you would have done different in the process? And don't say not listen to Heather. No, I I think for me, the the big thing I would have done differently would have been on my first home is I would have waited a little bit longer. I jumped in. I jumped in before I even started day one at at my full time job. And (laughs) yeah, you hadn't even got your first paycheck. I hadn't got my first paycheck and I had signed up for a mortgage and. I'm looking back, I'm like, what the heck was I thinking? You know? It really does surprise me that you did that. But what? I mean, it's kind of people think buying a home is a responsible adult I thing thought, to do, right? I thought I was doing the responsible thing. I was getting in early and being, yeah, exactly. I thought I was doing the wrong thing. What I wish I would have done was I wish I would have just, because I had nothing. And so I had this massive home, well, massive for a single guy uh, that I didn't have any furniture for. It would have been so much easier if I had just gotten a small apartment, smallish apartment, and then started saving money for a proper down payment. And that's what I should have done is at least small place, inexpensive, and start throwing money away or not throwing it away, saving it away. That's what I would have done. How about yourself? Yeah, I mean, I could probably say the same thing, but I, to, to spice it up a little bit, um, I'll say something else that I would do. I probably shouldn't be looking for a house when we're not ready to buy. So I feel like (laughs) that's, that's a good, I feel like every time I just like, I get excited and I start looking because, because the reality of it is if you start looking for something, you're going to find something and that's always what's happened. Right. And so like, I, you know, and there's been, there have been, I can think of really two clear cases where like I found, like I came to you and I was like, this is the perfect house. I love it. I want it. This is perfect. And you were like, Dude, like you love this fireplace. Like it has an unfinished basement. It's not even like there were all these things. You're like, it's so excited. I was like, oh, I got, you know, but I like was determined like this is the best house ever. It's perfect. And so like, 
I know I can get really caught up in like the emotions of home buying. And so it's like, I should just like not look until like we are really serious and, and have a plan and know what we're looking for. Agreed. Oh, I'm glad we agree on that. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, Hey, this week we actually have a listener question. Woo! Yeah, our our one of our favorite listeners, Jeannie, has uh, has has contacted us, and Jeannie says, "What do you do if there is a sale at the store, but it's not in the budget?" This never happens. Say you're out shopping. <laughs> Say you're out shopping, and you just run across a hot sale. So, do you call your spouse, or do you pass on it? Do you ask for forgiveness and just go ahead with it? <laughs> what would you do, Heather? You always you always buy, buy the sale. You always buy the sale. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, um, man. I mean, I think hopefully you are aware of your financial situation, right? Hopefully you are talking with your spouse. You know what's in your budget. You know your financial picture. And so you can make an educated decision. Like if you are barely getting by and like barely making your bills and like totally in debt, you probably should pass, right? Or yes. or talk to your spouse. Yes. If you're in a situation like us where we're pretty comfortable, we have I know we have room in our budget, and especially if it's something like, I don't know, clothes or makeup or something that, you know, I, I don't know. I, 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 and I have done this. I usually will buy it and then I will tell you like, hey, I spent this or whatever. Um, but not crazy. I don't do like thousands of dollars. Right. But if it's like 150 or 200 bucks or something and I see something I I have spent it, but, but we can handle it. Right. Like we can afford it. We know, I I know like, Hey, we're going to be okay. Um, and and what I often do is then I pull back in other areas. I'm like, ah, we probably shouldn't go out to eat as much or something if I know like I've overspent another area. Cause I know our situation, right? Yes. You're aware of where we're at. Right. What right. would you say? Yeah. I'm sure so, you would disagree. No, I, I would. I would say very much the similar. I, I think it depends. Also, so if it's not in your budget, but maybe it's under the the spending limit you've agreed to as a couple. Um, you know, we talked. We've talked earlier about the value of setting spending limit rules uh, within your within your um, household, and I think. That gives you some freedom in these types of situations to say, well, it's not in the budget, but it's under the threshold where I even have to have a conversation. So I'm just going to go ahead with it. Now, if it's if it's above that, then yeah, then you should probably call your spouse, I would say. But I, I think the other part of the equation, like you were hinting at, Heather, is, is this something that you actually need to have now? So is, is this makeup that is on sale, but you've got you've got a supply for the next three, six months. I don't know what the number is. You don't really need it today. There's a good chance in the next six months there could be another sale. Maybe, maybe the right answer is to hold off in that on that point um, if you're unable to have that conversation. Are you buying because it's on sale or are you buying because you need it? That's kind of what I'm getting at. Right. And usually, usually I would say if you don't need it, even if it's on sale, you shouldn't buy it because you you're gonna you're gonna use more of that thing if you know you have it sit extras sitting waiting to go, or I or you're just never gonna use it in the first place because you didn't need it and now you have it. Yeah, and I also I just want to also clarify like I don't view this as permission. Like, don't feel like hey, I don't have to ask permission. I'm I'm not a ten year old. 
And I agree with that, but it's respect. It is. It's not a permission. It's not, a, oh, I need to get approval from my husband. Like, no, that's not how I view it. I view it as I want to be respectful. It's our money. This is not just Heather's. And I want to be respectful. So even if I do make a decision, I I will tell you or like to your point, right. or if you feel like, hey, I should check. Again, like you're being respectful. Yes. Yeah. At the end of the day, that's really what it comes down to is approach this with respect and love for your spouse. And right. Make sure that that's what it looks like at the end of the day. Good. Well, I think that about wraps up our conversation for today. Remember, you can always email us at marriageandmoneypodcast at gmail.com or message us on Instagram at marriage.and.money. Thanks again for joining us this week. And remember that whether you're a spender or a saver, your best financial life lies somewhere in